Welcome to the Hockey News Action Show, presented by Bedham Jam and McKenny Hockey. I am Mike Stevens. Sitting across from me is Rachel Dory, future first female jam in natural history. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Happy Sunday. How are you? Good. I'm tired. I'm recovering from the trade deadline. Lots to talk about. Lots of things that have happened. Um, we're going to get you slated for a uh, bit of an interesting Sunday. Basically, five games on, on the slate. They're all starting at 3 p.m. Um, so middle of the afternoon hockey. So we're going to hopefully get this out to you as quick as you can. So you can get ready to rock uh, a couple things before we, we, we head into this slate. Those obviously it's right after the trade deadline teams have played like, you know, two, three games, maybe after getting everyone, uh, doing a lot of their trades in the week leading up. And then, you know, after Friday and everything. So, you know, things can be volatile. Players are fitting into new teams. You know, they're, they're trying to, you know, see where they fit. Players are playing different quality competition, different time on ice. So it's it's uh you might want to be careful just when it comes to player props uh for players changing teams, whether it's one person going to good or another person going to a bad team. Um, but yeah, I think with that, let's hop right into Tampa Bay and Carolina, which should be a good game. Um, obviously, two two of the top teams in the East. Tampa's on the second half of back to back, and we do I do believe that Andre Vasilevsky is playing this game. So that adds a bit of uh, an extra oomph to the Tampa Bay, uh, to, to Tampa Bay's chances here. Yeah. So, I mean, you pointed it out in, in a great way, right? We always encourage people to bet responsibly. And one of the ways you can do that um, right now is there are teams that, that have acquired new players that may push other players down the lineup or teams that have sent other players out that are going to be playing in different roles. So they might have averaged four shots on their old team, but they might not be getting the same opportunity on their new team. So it's kind of one of those things where you got to be careful. And I think like with Tampa, like you pointed out, I mean, Andre Vasilevsky is going to be playing. Um, they were not very good yesterday in Buffalo to the point where Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos were sat for the entire third period. Like that's crazy to me. This is the game of the day. This is two of the top teams in the league. Um, Carolina doesn't have Yessi Puglia-Yarvi yet. He's still uh, trying to get his visa. Um, but I think this is going to be the best game of the day. It's a toss-up given that Tampa Bay is on a back-to-back and Vasilevsky's playing. I also think there is going to be this added um, kind of oomph with the motivation of the Tampa Bay players who didn't play the entire third period. They're effectively rested for today. Mm-hmm. And and so for me, I'm looking at this. And yeah, the model has it um, in Carolina's favor. But I do think this is a bit more of a toss-up. Um, obviously, Tampa has the goaltending advantage. And I think... You just never want to be underestimating at what an angry Kucherov, Stamkos, and Point can can pull off. Absolutely. All right. So we we look at this as well. Tampa. Interesting that Tampa is an underdog. They not they aren't usually. Um, and as as it says here, Tampa is giving up a ton of shots to centers lately. Um, so maybe that's something to look at. Yeah. So in this game, whatever book you're betting with. I bet the underdog. I think it's a 50-50 game. And so there's value on whoever the underdog is in this game. Unless it comes out that Andre Vasilevsky somehow isn't playing, which would be shocking. Um, I'm taking the underdog, whomever that may be. Right now it's Tampa, so we're going to take Tampa. But like you pointed out, giving up shots, um, Tampa hasn't been as tight defensively of late. Um and Carolina's top line, Shvechnikov, Aho, and Jarvis have been absolutely fantastic. Seth Jarvis has really found his way this year, um, made himself into a first-line player. We know about the other two. Um, I think that both Jarvis and Aho are candidates to have um, really good games in terms of their shots today. 
Uh, Shvechnikov is more of an outside shooter, whereas Aho and Jarvis really like to cut to the middle off the rush, uh, get shots off. And that seems to be where Tampa Bay is struggling of late. And so for me, I'm, I'm looking at that. Um, I just think Tampa is, is just as deep as Carolina. So those bottom six lines are going to cancel out. Maybe looking at somebody like Ross Colton to get two shots off. Um, but that doesn't really have any value. So for me, um, stick to the top guys in this game. Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, Aho, Jarvis. Uh, those are the guys I'd be going with here, looking at the shot props if you want guys to hit your overs. Um, if you can find anybody in the bottom six that's got uh, a two and a half line, probably taking the under on that might be a smart play. Very cool. All right, let's go to Vegas and Montreal. Obviously, because Montreal is a team that is struggling, has struggled all season. Vegas is heavily favored to win. Um, and this is also very important for them because they want to keep those playoff hopes and, and you know, their, their position in the playoff race alive. Uh, they're battling for the top spot in the Pacific Division. Montreal is a team that is struggling, obviously. Take us through this game. Yeah, so Vegas obviously is heavily favored to win. Um, they are tied for first place in the Pacific Division with 80 points with L.A. Um, that is the most interesting division race right now. I mean, nothing else is really as interesting as this because – there could be a scenario where teams who are like LA is currently tied for the top. And if they don't get things like straightened out, they might miss the playoffs. Same with Seattle. Um, and so this is super interesting to me. Um, obviously uh, Vegas wants that top spot. Avoiding Edmonton in the first round is probably a really good idea. Um, you also don't want to lose top in the division to Edmonton. That's still a possibility for Edmonton. I mean, if you look at how Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are playing, so they, they really need to, to keep pace here. They do have two games in hand on Edmonton. But Montreal is bleeding shots. Like, Vegas is averaging 32 shots a game at home, and this is being played in Vegas. It's a 3 o'clock start in Vegas. Um, and in the last month, uh, they've been really good at home uh, in terms of their shot volume. Montreal has improved in terms of giving uh, not giving away the middle, so they're not giving a ton of shots away to centers but they are allowing volume from the wing. And I think that that could be a problem. Absolutely. I mean, look, it's it like you said, these are two teams kind of on the opposite ends of spectrum of the spectrum here. Um, but if Vegas is, is giving up a ton of shots, you know, there we go. And we don't know, like, I, I believe we don't know who's starting in net. So we do not as no, of the recording of this. Yeah. So but, it so, could be Aiden Hill or it could be the newly acquired Jonathan Quick, who has like an 874 in 31 games this year. So who knows, man? Yeah, it's it's a motivated Jonathan Quick, and that's always uh, dangerous. Um, but I'm looking at Jonathan Marcheseau, Riley Smith, um, Jack Eichel, and Alex Petrangelo. Listen, I mean, yeah, Montreal's doing a great job uh, lately of keeping shots to the outside, but at the same time, they don't have a single person, like single player, that's going to be able to match up against that top line. Jack Eichel's been fantastic lately. Um, and they're also not very good in terms of shot suppression on the penalty kill. Alex Petrangelo quarterbacks that penalty kill. I think he's going to have a chance to get some shots through. Um, he's been shooting the puck well of late. And so those are the four guys I'd look at on Vegas and say, okay, like this, this is kind of where it's going to go. The other guy that I take a look at is Phil Kessel. We all know Montreal's depth is just like non-existent. And so Phil Kessel is going to have favorable matchups playing in the bottom six with like a guy like Micah Matteo. Um, his line's usually at one and a half. And so I could absolutely see a scenario where Phil Kessel goes, blows right by that number. Um, so those are the guys I'm looking at. Vegas is actually bleeding shots from the middle of the ice, which is super interesting. Obviously, we know Montreal's center depth is essentially non-existent, especially with Kirby Dak being out. But I like Nick Suzuki here. I think that Martin St. Louis is going to try and 
Um, not necessarily focus on matching up, but but getting Nick Suzuki in positions where he can maybe have a little bit of space. And and given that Vegas is bleeding shots, I like him at two and a half uh, to, to get three shots today. Very cool. All right, moving on to Detroit and Philadelphia. Look, this is, I mean, I guess Detroit's still in the, in the playoff hunt. They've lost five straight. This is a back-to-back with travel for them. Um, but then on the other side of the ice, we have Philadelphia, who is just in dire straits right now. They, you know, they, they weren't able to sell properly the deadline. Um, and then also they've lost four straight. So, you know, this is someone's got to win this game. Um, and uh, and as we're looking at it, I mean, obviously Detroit's the better team, but then there's travel involved here. Uh, and, and the fact they played last night, who you got? This is tough. I love that you pointed out that like one team wasn't able to effectively sell at the deadline while like Steve Eisman was like everything out in the middle like, of a playoff race. Exactly. The guy mm-hmm. lost two straight to Ottawa and said, nope, that's enough for me. And we're selling. Meanwhile, Philadelphia, who's been at the bottom of the standings, was just gave you a class in how not to sell. Um, it's just it's so it was such a weird week for these two teams. Um, kudos to Steve Eisman, though, like that guy gets it seriously Mm -hmm. it's a 50 50 game Detroit played on Long Island last night like you said like it's it's almost like one of these games where it's like well someone's gotta win because both teams haven't been very good I would say this there's value on the Detroit money line at anything at minus 125 or better um like let's let's face it like Magnus Helberg's probably playing um and he's not very good but uh neither is Philadelphia Mm-hmm. And so uh, they're still without Travis Konechny, Um, and like he's been their best player this year by not a small margin. But hey, they will have Brendan Lemieux, so I'm not really sure why. But here we are. A couple of things that I I really do like in this game, though. Uh, Dylan Larkin, um, whether it's shots or a point, um, I like him on the power play. I like the spot that he plays. I like that he gets volume chances. I like that the puck seems to just always go through him um philadelphia's penalty kill has been not fantastic so i think there might be some value on a power play point if you want to play it safe a larkin point i think is is the way to go here um david perron's been shooting well of late kevin hayes jake wallman um those are guys i would target as well as owen Tippett. i really liked him for philadelphia this year he's kind of been a bright spot for them along with konechny um but to me the value play in this game is the over uh, you've got Detroit on a back-to-back playing uh, probably like an AHL-level goalie. You've got Philadelphia, who effectively right now might lose to the best AHL team. Like, they, they just haven't been very good lately. Um, and so for me, I'm taking the over. I think there's going to be a ton of goals in this game. Um, so, yeah, a Larkin point, probably a tip, bunch of tippet shots, Perron, Hayes, the usual. Very cool. I mean, look, it's like you said, someone's got to win. Well, eventually we will find out. Um, all right. We got now we got uh, one of the top teams in the league versus arguably the worst. Uh, the New Jersey Devils are going to be playing the just completely barren Arizona Coyotes who sold off pretty much everything they possibly could at the deadline. Um, you know, obviously no Jacob Chikrin. Uh, uh, you go down the list. No, Nick you know, Bukestad. No, no Nick Bukestad. No Nick Ritchie. No Troy Stetcher. No anything. Like, like <laughs> they they sold off everyone. But and, they do, Mike. They do yeah. have Shea Weber's ghost. 
and Jacob Vorchek's ghost and Chris Pronger's ghost and Pavel Datsuk's ghost and you and know Ryan they, Little's ghost. Yeah, man, they're doing great. Um, so everything th- is totally awesome there. Yeah, definitely not <laughs> a black, uh, you know, definitely not like a, a a blight on the on the league or anything. Um, so meanwhile, New Jersey added at the deadline. They got Curtis Lazar and obviously Timo Meyer, who we might get our first glimpse of uh, in this game. This is, I mean, I'm surprised that this game is not the most like you know how the least played the the uh, uh the blackhawks a little while back and the blackhawks were in the second half of back-to-back like and that minus was like 700 it was one of the most it was one of the most like you know like heavily favored games ever i'm surprised this is not in that realm as well because this is a team that might get you know the the debut of their superstar who they basically didn't give up anyone of consequence for and the arizona coyotes have gutted their entire roster to the point that i don't think we've ever seen a roster as barren as this before um it, it, it it's going to be difficult for arizona to put up even a fight in this one yeah, so we don't know if Timo Meyer is going to play or not. If I were guessing, I'd guess they hold him until the home game on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no need to rush him, especially not against Arizona, my goodness. Um, but if he does play, that power play unit is going to be next level. I would be, if Timo Meyer plays, I'd be taking a Jack Hughes power play point, a Timo Meyer power play point, a Dougie Hamilton power play point. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, that power play is going to be insane. Um, but Arizona has been pretty good at home. They're 14-11-2, which is over-legitimate 500 at home. Um, One I'm game not... over 500, <laughs> legitimate 500, but still over. So that is, yeah, for a team that has been an absolute trash heap for quite a while, um, they've been good at home. So credit where it's due. Um, they're plus two and a half. And New Jersey, like you talked about with the money line, Juicy's only minus 375. Now, would I be betting on a juiced line like that? No, absolutely not. I think two and a half is doable, um, but New Jersey minus one and a half is the play for me here. It's going to have a bit of juice on it, but I mean, come on. How do you not take the Devils here? Whenever Arizona plays a really good team at home, like they got smashed by Carolina. It's they get they get killed by Colorado. Like it's it's. You just sometimes you just got to say, okay, th- this team is better. Um, two and a half at, at anything but plus money, I, I wouldn't take. Now, if you get two and a half at like plus 110, yeah, then I'd be looking at taking that because that line's got some value. Um, but New Jersey absolutely is the better team. I'll be interested to see if we get Vanacek or Blackwood, though. Um, but yeah, like that, that to me, um, New Jersey minus one and a half is a good spot. I also like the New Jersey team total over three and a half. I think they're getting four goals today. Oh yeah, absolutely. And this might be one of the most, one of the easiest games for props just across the board, like for individual (laughs) player props. Like you basically are guaranteed for shots. You're guaranteed all of New Jersey's top guys, uh, getting shots. And then also Dawson Mercer's on eight game goal streak. And I mean, like if there's ever an opportunity for him to continue it, it's against the Arizona, like the stripped bear Arizona coyotes. Maybe take that as well. Yeah. So Arizona has given up 38 shots per game at home this month. Uh, that's bad. Poor Karel Vimelka, the only guy who seemingly wasn't traded. Although there, I could think of at least three teams off the top of my head that could have used his services. Edmonton being one of them. Um, so I think, Karel Vimelka is probably going to see at least 40 pucks tonight. I don't think he's giving up seven, so I'm going to take him over 32 and a half saves, even over 33 and a half. That makes a ton of sense to me. But Arizona's bleeding shots, specifically to centers and defensemen. Who shoots the puck for New Jersey, Mike? Jack Hughes and Dougie Hamilton. Mm -hmm. A center and a defenseman. defenseman. So we'll be taking the overs on those players. 
Dawson Mercer, like you pointed out, is the hottest player in the NHL right now outside of Connor McDavid, because I feel like that's just, he doesn't count. That's mm -hmm. a different level of, of hot. Um, and yeah, why not take Dawson Mercer? I've been taking Dawson Mercer. when Once he got to four games, I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's just throw money on this kid. He's been plus 230 to score a goal the last four games. And guess who's hit every single game? Who? Dawson Tell Mercer. Me. There you go. Yeah. So we're just going to take Dawson Mercer again because I'm just going to bet on him until he just doesn't score. Um, I'm also going to bet on Jack Hughes over one and a half points. That seems like a safe play to me. Um, I also like Nico Heischer shots. He is playing with Dawson Mercer, but I still think that line is going to dominate. Um, honestly, New Jersey putting up 40, 45 shots is not out of the realm of possibility here, which is why I like the Vimelka save prop. And it's also why I like all of New Jersey's top guns. If Timo Meyer plays, we are also taking that over at three and a half shots. Awesome. All right. Well, in our final game is uh, Seattle and Colorado. Yeah. So Colorado is playing uh, on a back-to-back. But here's the thing. Seattle plays at sea level, and Colorado is very much not at sea mm -hmm. level. I don't know if you've been to Denver, Mike, but... Uh, uh, I was last year. Yeah, it's a little bit more difficult to do exercise Anything. there. Yeah. Um, Georgiev was pulled yesterday um, for Kincaid, so I would have to think that he's going to play today. They're yeah. not going to trot out Keith Kincaid again, not in a game... Um, I'm ex I'm expecting a response game, and you're not trotting out Keith Kincaid for right. a response game. Like you pointed out, the Seattle goaltending, I mean, let's give them credit where it's due. At the beginning of the season, basically like right through to the All-Star break, they've been really good. Like really, really good. Whatever happened after All-Star break, during All-Star break, they have just cratered and come back down to earth. They're giving up a ton of goals. That save percentage is awful. Um, but they've been good on the penalty kill. So I guess that's more about the Seattle penalty killers than it is about the goalies. But yeah, I'm taking Colorado here. Even on a back-to-back, -back, I'm expecting a response game. Colorado is scoring over four goals a game at home in the last month. When you combine that with Seattle's goaltending woes, that could spell some serious trouble. Um, I'm also taking the over six. You've got one team on a back-to-back. -back, you got one team with poor goaltending altitude everything i mean i think i think this game goes over six that number's a little low for me um six and a half uh i would still take i think this game probably ends four three or five three all right and then finally let's let's just round it out with some shot props here yeah so i'm gonna be looking at nathan mckinnon and miko rantanen uh let's face it they were not very good yesterday i don't think anybody on colorado was very good yesterday it is important to point out that colorado's without valeri nachushkin we do not expect him to play today that's a big loss he has been absolutely fantastic and i mean when you have you can have valeri nachushkin on your line or dennis mulligan on your line the difference is one is a choo-choo train mm -hmm. i mean the name the clue is in the title there right uh so i'm gonna expect that Colorado's big guns are going to have to sort of step up here. So Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantan for me are the guys. Not only am I taking them for shots, um, I also would take Miko Rantan to score. I think that that he's going to have a big response today. Um, and then you look at the flip side. Somebody's got to shoot on Seattle. So we're going to go with Oliver Bjorkstrand and Jared McCann um, on their shot props, because I think that they're, they're kind of in good spots here. Jared McCann's been really good for Seattle. He's having a career high season and there's still 20 games to go. There you go. All right. I believe that brings us to the end of today's shows. Uh, obviously 
bet responsibly, but have have a lot of fun uh, while doing it. Rachel, I will see you uh, next week when we tee up another great uh, sort of slate of games. Let's go. Get responsibly, everybody. <laughs>